And uh, it's my honor to wrap up a series that we began on Wednesday nights entitled, Give Thanks for What? Give Thanks for What? When we first began this series, I shared out of uh, the book of James and other passages of why we ought to give thanks because we've been looking at biblical reasons of why to give thanks. And uh, we began by focusing on the fact that uh, who uh, God is is good. How many of you know that? Who God is is good. And so he deserves our thanks. And then we noted that what God gives is good. What God gives is good. And then we noted that how God gives is good. How many of you are grateful that God is not an Indian giver? Yeah? Well, if you're Indian, I'm sorry. Don't cancel me out, all right? And then uh, the second message in this series, we, we focused on the words of Paul in Romans 7 where he said, Who shall deliver me from this body of death? And uh, it had to do with imagery uh, regarding uh, Roman torture. One of the ways that the Romans would torture their prisoners, they would uh, strap a dead uh, body to that prisoner. And that decomposed body, that body that was... Uh, in that decomposition, decomposition uh, process would begin to affect the state of that living prisoner. And Paul used that to speak of the fact that we have an old man, an old self that we battle with. And he was saying how the good that I want to do, I don't do. The bad that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Anybody been in that struggle? And the struggle was real for him, but he discovered that the solution is more real. And the solution is Jesus Christ. Because after he said, who shall deliver me from the body of death? He said, I thank God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so thank God that we can give thanks today that no matter what I was, I'm not bound to that anymore. Because Jesus Christ. And then uh, this past Wednesday, Pastor Jesse Rodriguez shared a message out of Colossians 1, 12 through 14. And he shared with us how God has qualified us. Aren't you glad that God has qualified us? Amen. You've heard it often said, God doesn't call the qualified, but God does qualify the called. And thank God, because we're qualified by him, we have now the right to the inheritance that is ours in Christ Jesus. So today, I want to focus on this theme again as we wrap it up. Give thanks for what? And I'm going to take us to an Old Testament passage. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 8. And I'm going to be reading verses 10 through 20. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 10 through 20. And I'm reading out of the uh, Good News Translation. Good News Translation. It says, You will have all you want to eat, and you will give thanks to the Lord your God for the fertile land that He has given you. Make certain, notice, that you do not forget the Lord your God. Do not fail to obey any of His laws that I'm giving you today. When you have all you want to eat and have built good houses to live in, and when your cattle and sheep, your silver and gold, and all your other possessions have increased, be sure that you do not become proud and, notice, forget the Lord your God, who rescued you from Egypt where you were slaves. He led you through the vast and terrifying desert where there were poisonous snakes and scorpions. In that dry and waterless land, he made water flow out of solid rock for you. 
In the desert he gave you manna to eat, food that your ancestors had never eaten. He sent hardships on you to test you, so that in the end he could bless you with good things. So then, you must never think that you have made yourselves wealthy by your own power and strength. Remember that it is the Lord, your God, who gives you the power to become rich. He does this because he is still faithful today to the covenant that he made with your ancestors. Notice again, never forget the Lord your God or turn to other gods to worship and serve them. If you do, then I warn you today that you will certainly be destroyed. If you do not obey the Lord, then you will be destroyed, just like those nations that he is going to destroy as you advance. Now, there are several truths that are highlighted and made clear to us in this passage. The first of which is this. Thanklessness will lead to forgetfulness. Thanklessness will lead to forgetfulness. Did you notice that three times in this passage, the Bible tells us to forget not. To not forget. To not forget. The Hebrew word that is used here for forget, shahak, it means, watch this, not only to forget, it means to ignore, wither. Ignore, wither. One of the sure ways to experience your spiritual life beginning to wither is through lack of gratitude. For you see, the scripture tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Why does the Bible tell us to practice thanksgiving? Why does the Bible encourage us and exhort us to exercise the habit an attitude of thankfulness because one of the things that ongoing thankfulness to God does, it keeps us from getting infected with spiritual amnesia. When you live a life of gratitude, it keeps you conscious of who your source is, of where you owe your blessings to. Amen. Back in 1988, there was a Polish railway worker named Jan Grzebski, and he was hit by a train. He lived, but only barely, for the next 19 years, until the year 2007, Grzebski was in a coma. He awoke in 2007 to a whole new world. Nineteen years earlier, Poland was a communist state. Grzebski noted that back then, meat was rationed and there were huge lines at nearly every gas station. And, in his words, there was only tea and vinegar in the shops, unquote. But nineteen years later, he awoke to a free nation where he said there were people on the streets with cell phones, and there are so many goods in the shops, it makes my head spin. But something puzzled him, as he states, What amazes me is all these people who walk around with their mobile phones, and yet they never stop moaning. 
These people had freedom and food and wealth greater than Poland had had for decades. And yet, Grzebski woke from his coma to find that all they seemed to do was to grumble. What does this teach us? If you don't get into the habit of thanking God for what you do have, you'll soon become ungrateful because of what you don't have. Now, I don't know if any parents here have ever raised any kids that turned bratty on you. You know, you did all you could. You bought them all that they wanted. And there came a time when they began to take for granted what you bought. In fact, as soon as you delivered something new, it was like, what's next? I mean, it was like, that's it? (laughs) You know, and that's how it can become in our own journey. When you and I began to take for granted the fact that He does give us day by day our daily bread. That the only reason that we're breathing is because He's given us life. That the only reason that we enjoy good and wonderful gifts is because they keep coming down from Him to our lives. And when you and I began to lose the art or the habit or attitude of thankfulness, thanklessness will then result in forgetfulness. And there's another truth that is revealed in this passage. Thanklessness will lead to drifting. Thanklessness will lead to drifting. The word to drift, when related to a person, it means to digress or stray. To digress or stray. What are you saying, Pastor? When we stop living a life of thanksgiving, we start to lose our way. And we not only start to stray from the true source, we become deceived into believing, watch this, that we are the source. We start to think that the reason I have the stuff that I do is because I work hard. The reason that I've acquired what I've gained is because I've exercised my smart mind. The reason why I was able to make it through that crisis moment is because I was able to think my way through it. And yet, as I've said before, the reason why the Bible says in Psalm 150 and verse 6, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord, is because you wouldn't have a mind to think with, and you wouldn't have arms and legs that would be mobile today, and you wouldn't be able to be able to exercise and work your way at your job if it wasn't for the basic fundamental breath that gives you the ability to function as you ought. And if we go back to the beginning, the Bible reveals that God is the one who made man out out of the dust of the ground. And man did not become mobile until God breathed into him. Into him. And then man became a living a soul. And so I want to make it clear today. You may think you're all that, but you're not. You may think that you've gotten here by yourself, but you haven't. I want you to understand, you and I would not even be in existence today breathing if it wasn't for the good God Almighty that has created us and given us existence. You aren't here by 
by accident. You are here because you were fearfully and wonderfully and intricately, intricately formed by a God who in His mercy said, I want you to come into existence. And even before you do, I've got a plan and purpose for you. And you're going to get all mum and start taking all the credit like if you're the reason why? But see, here's what happens. When I start to think that it's all about me, even as a child of God, I start to drift. I start to lose my way. And then I start to think, look at what my hands have done. Look with me at Deuteronomy 8, 10 through 17 again. But this time I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Watch this. When you have eaten your fill, be sure. Watch this. Say be sure. Be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful! Do not become proud that at that time, at that time, and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from the slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that He led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions where it was so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you with man in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this. Watch this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Thanklessness will lead to not only drifting. Secondly, here it's saying it will lead to desertion. Not only will thanklessness lead to drifting, where you start to stray away, but then it will lead to desertion. Where you abandon the Lord. Watch this. Deuteronomy 8.19 says, but I assure you of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods worshiping and bowing down to them. Why would you forget the Lord your God? Because you become thankless. And you start to become deceived into thinking, I've done this by my hands. And then... You start to replace God with something else. Well, you're saying, well, that's the Old Testament. Yeah, you know, they worshipped stones and idols made of wood. and No, but the Bible says in 1 John 5, 21, speaking to New Testament believers, little children, keep yourself from idols. But you see, we don't worship idols made of stone and wood. No. An idol is any person or thing that replaces your devotion to God in your life. Any person or thing that replaces the devotion that you and I are called to render to God alone in our lives. Anything that we allow to take God's place on the throne of our lives becomes an idol. And this is what was happening With the people of God here. You see, the scripture is saying not only will 
faithlessness cause us to go astray from the Lord. It will even lead us to abandon the Lord, replacing him with idols. But let me be clear. There is no one that can give you and I life and life more abundantly except for Jesus. Only God can give a peace that passes all understanding. Joy inexpressible and full of glory. You're not going to find it in anybody else or any other thing. Only God can give a joy that is lasting and not dependent on stuff or circumstances. Only Jesus can give you fullness of life with it. Only Jesus can turn your brokenness into wholeness. Only Jesus can restore your mind. Only Jesus can give you genuine love and give you a genuine sound mind. Only Jesus can bring you to a place in your life where you find yourself ultimately and utterly satisfied and fulfilled a place in your life of contentment of knowing regardless if I don't have what everybody else has regardless if I don't have the best of this or that I've got within me a knowing I've got everything I need I've got everything that is my guarantee that my life is not only filling here it is fulfilling because I've got a future and a hope that is secure through Jesus Christ And another thing that this passage reveals is that thanklessness will lead to destruction. 19 and 20 of Deuteronomy 8 again. And the New Living says, but I assure you this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be what? Just as the Lord has what? Other nations in your path. You also will be what? If you refuse to obey the Lord your God. Now, here is the problem that we have today in modern Christianity. Is that there has been a faulty, and I'll even call it a false gospel promoted. That the God of the Old Testament is not the same God of the New Testament. You heard my wife talk about earlier that God is faithful. That's an attribute, a characteristic of God, and He can't change. And even though we're unfaithful, He cannot deny Himself. He will continue to be faithful. And God is love. But God is holy. God is merciful, but God is truth. God is gracious, but God also exercises wrath. Now, even in our Americanized culture today, we have this idea, well, I'm doing something, and I know I've heard it growing up in church that it isn't uh, uh, pleasing to God. And I know that I've heard it in the scriptures taught that it's contrary to what God wills for my life. But I'm doing this, and therefore it's okay because, you know, nothing's happening to me. And therefore it must be okay, and God must be okay with me. And, and, and therefore the God of that Old Testament, you know, that, that, yeah, that would have ticked him off. But now we're under grace, and therefore it's okay because nothing's happening. And 
Watch this. Is God still a God of wrath? Oh, yeah. But there's a difference right now of how his wrath is manifested. And this is why we miss it. And we sometimes become more duped in decline that ends up leading to destruction in our lives. Because look what Paul writes concerning God's wrath. Romans chapter 1, verses 20 through 32. Romans 1, 20 through 32. And I'm reading out of the New King James. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, watch this, they did not glorify him as what? God, nor were what? Notice here, Paul shows where the decline of society Began. When man who knew God decides not to glorify him. And how? By not being thankful. Watch this. But became futile in their, futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man. And birds and four-footed animals and creepy things. Therefore... God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions for even their women exchanged their natural use for what is against nature likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the women burned in their lust for one another men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves a penalty of their error which was due and even as they did not like to retain god in their knowledge god gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. You see the difference? God is not sending fire. He's, he's giving people over. In the Old Testament, you see the wrath of God as active. He sends a flood. He sends fire on Sodom and Gomorrah. He opens the earth and swallows up the sons of Korah who were in rebellion against his established leadership. There you see the act of wrath of God. But in the New Testament, God's wrath is passive. He gives people over to their own desires. And he says, you want to do that? You don't want to surrender to my way? I'm pulling back. 
I'm leaving you on your own. Let me tell you something. I am grateful for the convicting work of the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful that whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. And believe me, there are times when God has to give Pastor Angel an oops upside the head. And I'm grateful for those oops upside the heads. Because what would be scary, think of this, is if I didn't feel convicted. And God decides, okay, I'm not going to meddle anymore. I'm going to turn you over to what you want to do, and I'm going to have hands off. And I'm going to leave you. Because you've totally decided, my way is not what you want. You've totally disregarded my statutes and my ways. And you think that you know better. And you said in your heart, I want this and nothing else, regardless of what you say, through your attitude, through your refusal to bow before me and choosing to bow before that idol that you've allowed to replace my devotion unto me with it. But now you're devoted to it. And that therefore, I'm pulling back. And I'm leaving you to have your own way. That's the wrath of God today. It's not that God isn't displeased. It's that God is saying, have it your way. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Do you see it? The passive wrath of God is the absence of God. Where God is no longer meddling, if you would. No longer convicting. Where God says, okay, go ahead. And here's the other thing about the wrath of God. God again will demonstrate His wrath through fire. God again will demonstrate His wrath through judgment. But it's going to happen when Jesus comes back the second time. And then there will be the ultimate expression of God's wrath when those that refuse to surrender their lives to Him will hear from Him. Your name is not in the Lamb's book of life. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, and now be cast to that place that was set aside for the devil and his demons. Let me be honest with you. It is not pleasant to speak this, but I will speak it because I love you. I'm not going to be one of those preachers that gives you a faulty or false gospel. I'm not going to tell you that everybody makes it to heaven. No, not everybody makes it to heaven. The only ones who get there are those that turn to Jesus Christ. There is not many ways to heaven. There's not many ways to get there. There's only one way through the one who was the sufficient sacrifice for our sins, Jesus Christ, who boldly 
and emphatically declared, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So I want to say to you today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, whether you're here or online, listen to me. Heaven is real and hell is hot, but the good news is you don't have to end up in hell because Jesus made the way for you to turn from sin to Him, be delivered, and on your way to be with Him forever. You see why it's important to be thankful? Because thanklessness will lead to destruction. And God has made the way for no one to have to end up destroyed. Let me be clear. It's not just in the Old Testament where destruction is declared as a consequence. Paul said it. He who sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap. Let me help you. Destruction, yeah. Not just Old Testament, New Testament. But he who sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. So why be thankful, Pastor? Here it is. Thankfulness is both, notice, preventive and remedial medicine for our soul. When I'm thankful on the daily, I don't get infected by spiritual amnesia. When I'm thankful on the daily... I'm kept well from grumpitis. When I'm thankful on the daily, I don't live moaning. When I'm thankful on the daily, it keeps my soul whole. So no matter what's going on on the outside, I can say from deep within, it is well. It is well with my soul because I know that regardless of what I'm going through, I'm going to get through it. And even when things are difficult, you read it in Deuteronomy 8, He let them go through that dry and dangerous wilderness. He let them have to deal with the danger of poisonous scorpions and serpents. Why? Because He's an abuser? No. The Bible says to test them in order to humble them, in order to get them to be more dependent on Him. And it says because of the good that He had on the other side of it. You see, this is why I'm thankful today. Because I know that regardless of the pain, regardless of the difficulty, regardless of the test or trouble, I'm not alone. God is leading. God is guiding. God is for me and he's taking me somewhere this is not in vain this is not without his blessing and store unfolding in my life why thankfulness pastor because thankfulness keeps you connected to the source thankfulness keeps you connected to the source. The scripture says, you know it, we have it on our stained glass window. When you walk in, enter his gates with what? With thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. When you're living a life of thankfulness and praise, you stay connected to the source. But also watch this, thankfulness 
keeps you conscious of the source. Thankfulness keeps you conscious of the source. Meaning what? It keeps you reminded that God is the reason why you're blessed. That your help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That every good and gift, perfect gift you have, it's coming down from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variation, neither shadow of turning. You see, when I wake up in the morning, I ought to wake up with a thank you, Lord. I ought to wake up with a thank you, Jesus. Why? Because you already heard it the past two weeks. Every day that I come into his house is a testimony that I'm here, not because of my strength, not because of my smarts. I'm here because of my Savior who all day 24-7, 365, He's interceding for me at the right hand of God. I've got myself covered from head to toe by a God who is watching out for me. He deserves my thanks. It keeps me conscious of the source. It keeps me conscious of the source. And so, I'm not going to tell you, don't forget on Thursday when you're with your family around the table. Make sure you all stop before you eat and everybody says what you're thankful for. No, I'm going to tell you right now you start. Don't you wait till Thanksgiving. You You and I ought to be doing this every day. You wake up, say, thank you, mercies. When you walk out of your house, you already know. Look behind you. Thank you, mercy. Thank you, goodness. You're following me today. Thank you, Father. You're giving your angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. Thank you, Lord, that you go before me. Thank you that you also got my back because you're my rear guard. Thank you, Lord, that I'm blessed going out and I'm blessed when I come back home. Thank you, Lord, that regardless of what I face today, you lead me, you guide me, and you've got me. You see, children of God, you and I have reason to be thankful regardless. But somebody said, but Pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't know what you're going through, but I know who's going to get you. You threw it. So, Lord, we thank you. And we thank you because you are good. We're not deniers. We're not going to deny that life at times is hard. No, 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 no. But you're still good. Even when life is hard, you're still good. Even when life is hard, I don't have to faint. I don't have to falter in my faith. Because even when life is hard, and you're in the mix, I know you're working all things together for good. So I thank God. (sighs) Right there where you're at, just say, thank you, God. I'm not denying that you're you're going through a tough time. I'm not denying that, but I want to remind you. 
You've been through some stuff already. He was there. And the same God is with you now. So thank Him. For those of you that are doing well, you're doing all right. Give Him thanks. Thank Him for the blessing right now. Don't forget. Remind yourself, I'm not the source. I wouldn't even be here right now. If not for God's mercy. I wouldn't even be breathing. I wouldn't be existing. If not for His mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have a thank you to give to God, I'm going to do something different here. I'm going to invite you to come to this altar to thank Him. Not for asking, but for thanking just going to invite you to come and we're just going to just lift up our praise and our worship. You say, but I got this, I got that. Listen, listen, listen. If you thank Him, if you praise Him, all that other stuff, He'll deal with it. But if you thank Him and praise Him, Something more important is going to happen. Your soul is going to receive the right kind of medication. And the one who restores your soul is going to restore you to right thinking. Restore in you right feeling. Restore in you the right mindset. Yeah. If you have a thank you to give him, you come right now and just... Join us here. Let's give Him thanks. Let's give Him praise. Oh, yes, when you thank Him and you praise Him. Some of you, but Pastor, I'm feeling heavy today. Well, put on the garment of praise. And that spirit of heaviness will be driven out simply as you put yourself, wrap yourself with that garment of praise. Somebody, but I need God to do a work in my life right now. Thank Him because He says that when you offer Him a sacrifice of thanksgiving, you're preparing the way for Him to show you His deliverance. So no asking, just thanking, just praising right now. PW is going to sing a song and we're just, we're just going to worship. Come on. We're just going to exalt Him. You give life, you are love.